Welcome to the Native Citizens Podcast, a ministry of Storehouse Community Church in McAllen, Texas. Every Monday, we gather to address the questions and issues aimed at everyday life and ministry in the context of the Rio Grande Valley. Well, good morning. I hope you guys are doing well. My name is Marco. I serve as the preaching pastor here at Storehouse McAllen. I'm here with Eric, who is our director of liturgy. Say hi, man. Hey, I said yo. Oh, that's cool. But I felt far away. And then LC, who is our Storehouse Kids intern. Hi. And admin. And you like... Oh, yeah. You you make everything happen. Oh. Yeah, pretty much. Thank you? Yeah. Okay. So... (laughs) (laughs) Or you're welcome. (laughs) Probably both, yeah. Both Both of those. those. Yeah. So how are y'all doing? So real quick, the last episode that we recorded, we Mm -hmm. wanted to jump right in, get to business... And mm-hmm. it was a little mm-hmm. funky mm-hmm. because we didn't get to banter, and so mm-hmm. now we're trying to banter, mm-hmm. but try to keep it concise. Yeah, right. so I have real trouble with that. So <laughs> I think all of us do. I think I forgive think us, please. Most sorry Hispanics, yeah, have a hard time being concise. Really? Well, maybe not being concise, but not bantering. You know what I mean? Like you can't oh, not okay. say, "Hey, let's hang out for coffee," and not spend. Yeah, thirty forty five minutes. Because you just end up telling stories yeah. and just stories and stories. stories. It's or... more than just pleasantries. It's just like I want to spend time with y'all. Yeah, like, like exactly. what was it? Our love language is quality time together. Yeah, yeah, pretty much <laughs> love languages. Yeah, and so um, anyway, with all that, with all that being said, how are y'all doing? Pretty good. Pretty good. Elsie, thank you for breakfast. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah, you sharing breakfast Side note, with the. I brought the breakfast for the staff today. Yeah. It was very kind of you. You brought an authentic, right? It was like tacos yeah. and arroz con leche. Mm-hmm. And those are from Stripes. Side note, but okay. I made... <laughs> still you you made some. Uh, but I made some banana pancakes. Banana oat pancakes. Banana oat. Yeah, I know, dude. They're pretty good with some vanilla. Mm. Dang. Mm. Hit My, the spot. <laughs> I I have relatives from Mexico who bring like, I guess gallons of vanilla extract. Yeah. What? And we just like store it throughout the year. Yeah. Bro. I mean, it's not like like Hook us up. Not like a like one <laughs> one pitcher. <laughs> one pitcher. One right. It's like multiple containers yeah. of vanilla. <laughs> Dang. And it's pretty good stuff. Nice. I mean, it looked good. I haven't eaten, so mm-hmm. it it looked tasty. Yeah, you can have some later, I guess. Got yeah, to after lunch. I don't eat until the afternoon. Oh yeah. Oh, you're right, right, right. Middle Intermittent fasting. No. Discipline. See, that's the thing. It's just like oh, it, people will be like, "You're intermittent fasting." I'm like, "No." I suppose you can call it that. You could call but that's it that. Not why I do <laughs> that's it. That's not why. <laughs> <laughs> I just I am way more focused on an empty just... stomach. That's it. Give yeah. me give me coffee I think and I water. Get that. And I think I'm just say... way more focused. <laughs> I think you're gonna say I'm just pursuing holiness. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, follow me as I follow, follow Christ. Follow Christ. Um, yeah, <laughs> no, yeah. I'm just way more focused in the mornings on an empty stomach because because if I do eat, I feel really sluggish. Like you need a nap afterwards. Yeah, like I need a nap, and 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 some th- people would even say like, "Well, then don't eat as much." We're like, "I know, bro. I've tried that too, and it just it thanks, just doesn't Captain work." Obvious. Yeah. <laughs> thanks, guy. Yeah, and thanks, guy. I wouldn't have guessed that for myself, and so uh, so yeah. So I just don't eat in the morning because mm. it just it helps me focus. That's that's kind of cool. You yeah. know, you, you know your body. That's, that's yeah, that's important. And mm-hmm. it was also helpful watching this video with Nick Offerman. Who plays Ron Swanson in Parks oh, and Rec? He's my favorite character. Yeah, and so mm-hmm. he had said something that was very simple yet very profound. He said uh, he was going through a day in his workshop, mm-hmm. and he goes on to say, "In the morning, um, the pro- the things that we schedule in the morning, anything that requires math, mm-hmm. concentration, or a high level of accuracy, we do in the morning. Yeah, anything that is mundane, uh, mundane." we schedule in the afternoon after lunch because after lunch you're a little bit more yeah. sluggish. And so when he said that, that just made a lot of sense. And so in the mornings is usually when I have my meetings or when I do all of my studying. Mm-hmm. And so I just don't, I don't eat and I'm a lot more concentrated in the mornings. And then when it comes to emails or admin, um, I do all of that stuff in the afternoon. That's smart. Mm-hmm. Admin. Admin after lunch. Yeah. 
That's what I call it. There needs to be like a kitten poster or something. It says administration. After probably not. After but, food. you know. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> so, at, at least yeah. a hashtag. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, that's why. That's why I, it's cognitive that's, related, guys. It's not. It I mean, I guess. Hey, man, you <laughs> hardly eat. So that's not. <laughs> That's because I'm like a third of your size, though. Yeah, but you hardly eat. You remember period. that one time we went to a steakhouse and I ordered like a, I don't know, like an eight ounce, I don't remember what it was, yeah. and you ordered like a 32 ounce porter. Yeah. Porterhouse. It's delicious. He ate it like three times faster than I ate my steak. That is I was like, dude. Legit. Like, are you going to chew? And I was like, hey, you want you want the rest of your steak? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, man. Basically. You don't need to apologize. This, this that's who right. you are. That's how God made you, man. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. I like steak. Sticky steak steak. <laughs> Stinkity steak steak steak. Um, so <laughs> this morning we're going to be talking about the Sunday gathering. Now, part of the reason we're going to be talking about this is because we want to. Uh, the other reason is because we are about to embark on a new sermon series called Liturgy. hey um, Yeah. And it's this five-part series on spiritual formation in the context of Sunday morning. And so we're going to talk about some of those elements this morning. But before we get to that, we're going to talk about the Sunday gathering. And so one of the things that has been incredibly challenged in the season of COVID, uh, we've talked a little bit about this in previous podcasts, and that has been um, the Sunday gathering. Mm -hmm. Some churches have still not met. Uh, Some churches have regathered, such as ours. Um, however, there are, uh, individuals and families that are not yet comfortable coming back to the gathering for, for multiple reasons. Sometimes, um, it's, it's, uh, kiddos, uh, it's just a little bit difficult to, to kind of round everybody up or, uh, some of them are still being very cautious. I can think of a couple of families in our congregation who, um, are very faithful to the online, uh, sermons. They're just, um, trying to be as cautious as possible, mm-hmm. um, given That's the wise. season. And then, so we're not necessarily talking to them, although I hope this is encouraging to them. And then there are people who, um, for instance, uh, the Barna group came out with a study. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. uh, where by the time June hit, so from February, February of, to June of this year, about 63% of American evangelicals had, not watched a single online sermon, right? When all churches went pretty much online throughout the throughout the states, um, sixty three or sixty four percent of American evangelicals came out and said, "Hey, we haven't uh, watched a single sermon, or yeah, a single service." And then in August of this year, Alan Hirsch, who is a missiologist, came out and said, uh, along with him and his group. I think from Forge, and they documented that 22%, something like that, of American evangelicals have completely pulled away from the life of the church. Like, not not just, I haven't watched a single sermon. Like, I've pulled away completely. I'm no longer a member, and I don't want to be yeah. considered yeah. a and Christian. So, <clears throat> and so what I thought would be kind of neat, I've never used that word. Anyway, neat. what I thought would be kind of cool... <laughs> Um, to talk about it would be the the Sunday gathering because because that has been one of the avenues of the life of the church that has been the most af- uh, impacted. I thought it would be helpful to start a conversation on why the Sunday gathering is so significant. And um, I find this to be funny because I asked several people, you and I, Eric and I were talking mm-hmm. about this like two weeks ago. Uh, I asked several people, hey, why is the Sunday gathering important? And um, I asked a couple of people who were seasoned in their walk with the Lord. And then I asked a couple of our reformed nerds who read everything but the Bible. And <laughs> and then when I so shots fired um, and I asked them, why is the Sunday gathering important? And they couldn't give me a good answer. Um, because I think a lot of people, or at the very least those that I spoke with as to why the question being, why is the Sunday gathering important? Why does it matter? Mm-hmm. The answer was more function, function over identity or okay. function over Christ. 
In other words, they would oh. begin to tell me, well, Sunday is important because uh, we worship. Yeah, but why? Yeah. Well, Sunday is important because that's where we hear God's word. Yeah, but why? Yeah. Like, why does that matter? Like purpose. Yeah, mm-hmm. those are all those are all functions of Sunday morning gathering. Mm-hmm. That doesn't tell me why it's important. Yeah. You know? Why do you think, Elsie? Because I didn't ask you. Oh, no, you didn't. Yeah. Um, well, I'm asking you now. Oh, cool. Thanks. <laughs> On the spot. Here we you go. Look, I was wondering. You I was can't like, look at the screen. No, no. no I was like looking and then wondering where the question, when the question was going to come. <laughs> like, okay, I'm here. You're like okay. trying to come up with your answer. <laughs> hey, man. Jesus. It's okay. It's, it, but honestly, it's a honestly, tough question to answer. I think. I feel like, I don't know. We there's a. Yeah, we. <laughs> I think, well, yes. that's for sure. But well, what yeah, um, I feel um, even more compelled to, to just say is like we get to celebrate together the like the risen Christ um, who has done done all the things for us to be whole, to be renewed, and I don't you don't like my answer. What you do? Uh, no. <laughs> Now I'm opening my water bottle <laughs> and I didn't butt. want to disrupt He threw me off, man. No, you're doing great, Elsie. Keep I going. lost it. Where'd it go? No, Just kidding. Because Christ did all the things. Yeah. And and I um and that's worth celebrating. That's worth coming together for to be reminded of. I can say I've I've needed the Sunday gathering in my life and through the really hard times and that's what one of the main things that kept me kept reminding me of God's grace for me and of what he did for me and not I couldn't save myself and I couldn't be the one could never be the one to get myself out of like my sin or my circumstances or just to go on day after day right and um, the church did their function well in a sense, but like they <laughs> pointed to my identity in Christ and right. where my identity should be each day. Yeah, does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. you you're saying like seeing people attending church, just like their body being there in church, was encouraging for you in your walk. That right. and like them welcoming me. Right. Right. Um, acknowledging me like the role on a Sunday as morning. a fellow brother yeah. or sister. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I, th- I think in light of the conversation you and I had a couple of weeks ago, like there is a considerable amount of things of work happening on, on a Sunday morning. And I'm not talking about like production, kids ministry, Greeters. I'm not talking about that. I mean, mm-hmm. Obviously, our volunteers are amazing and the best in the whole wide world. Mm-hmm. And we love them and we thank y'all for your service. Thank you. And um, that's not what I'm talking about when I say there's a lot happening. The work. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's, I think, well, here, here's here's what I wrote. And this is a working definition <laughs> because, because at the end of the day, like this is really based all based on ecclesiology, mm-hmm. like the, the, the purpose of the church. Right. And so what I wrote was that the Sunday gathering is the primary means, uh, where God matures his bride and the manner in which he does this <laughs> is by Christ revealing his heart and the bride that is the church receiving that grace. Now we'll talk about how that happens in a little bit, but what I what I want to begin with is, so we see God doing a work as he delights in the body gathering together. We see him maturing the body, maturing his bride. He reveals his heart and the bride receiving that grace mm-hmm. through a variety of means, which we'll talk about a little bit. That's that function through mm-hmm. a variety of means. And then we see the bride respond bond in light of those means. So we see the bride respond with encouragement, exhortation, repentance. We see the bride respond uh, in worship. We see the bride respond by 
carrying this message out into the rest of the week or um, bringing this message and influencing their friends and family. Like Mm -hmm. everything that the church does is a response to what God is pouring into them on the Sunday morning gathering. And he delights in us gathering absolutely. And it is the primary means where he matures his bride. It's not the, it's not the only one, right? Mm -hmm. We're again, we're not talking about like, missional communities or discipleship groups or other ministries. We're talking just specifically about the Sunday gathering. It is a fragment of our Christian life, but it is a significant Mm -hmm. uh, part of our Christian life. So yeah, initial thoughts on, on that. Yes. Mm -hmm. Like I'm trying to think of something to compare like the Sunday gathering, uh, like it has its purpose, but like I, I'm thinking it's it's like the dinner table. It's like having right. dinner with your family, right? And like you might be doing everything like during the day, like so and so goes to work, kids are playing or at school, or whatever. But at at dinner, everybody comes together and right. we we spend that time together. Yeah, that's that's what I think of. Like, yeah, because mm-hmm. the other thing is in light of in light of God revealing His heart to us in Christ and the church receiving His grace, mm-hmm. um. And even in light of the individual response that we have collectively, encouraging, exhorting, worshiping, mm-hmm. all that stuff, there's more stuff happening. I'm thinking about your illustration right now. There's more stuff happening in the sense of, one, this is a glimpse mm-hmm. of heaven, yep. mm-hmm. right? Where we will gather to worship and praise uh, the Lamb, right? Um, this is evangelistic, right? Ephesians 3 says that, that Christ has chosen to reveal himself through the church. So the church preaches a sermon about the person and work of Jesus when she gathers. Mm-hmm. Um, this reminds us that we are a part of a kingdom and we are citizens of that kingdom. So there's there's a lot of stuff yeah. happening. And I think about that in the illustration that you just gave regarding a family. When a family stops everything and gathers or surrounding a dinner table, there's more than just a meal being yeah. shared. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so, um, and so I think in a, in a, in a grand nutshell of, of things, that's why the Sunday morning gathering is, is important. God is in this Avenue. God is, this is the primary Avenue in which God matures his bride. Yeah. You know, and uh, and the question is like, well, what what happens, or how how does that happen? Well, he reveals his heart for us, and what does the church do? The church receives that grace. Yeah. I think one of the coolest things, like a, a the the revealing of the heart, was like seeing a family worship, like in in the back of church yeah. this past Sunday, mm-hmm. and another member snaps a photo. It was like that they're taking a photo because that's important to them. Yeah. Like they see something mm-hmm. that's important. And I think there's the the expression of receiving that grace. And as you express receiving that grace, that's like giving grace to another person hearing that or seeing that. Yeah. And it's almost like this this circular um uh, this just the feedback loop is no, the no, best way is. I can yeah. describe it. Yeah, I think I think you're right. Because it I think if my if my heart is in a position where I am able to receive God's grace, I am then able to pour that out into others. Mm-hmm. And that that uh, guards against and combats consumerism. Yeah. You know, when I receive God's grace through the, the means that we're about to talk about, when I receive God's grace, I am then able to pour that out onto others just as Christ has done for me for my good and their edification. Yeah. It's like there's an emptying of yourself so that you could be filled with all that God has for us. And the purpose for that is so that you pour out to others mm-hmm. and share it yeah. with. It's not of you, it is of what God is. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Yeah, man. That's... Yeah. So there's a lot <laughs> it's so happening. Heavy. Yeah, there's yeah, a exactly. lot in that's it. the thing. There's a lot happening mm-hmm. on the Sunday gathering. It's it's not just um and I and I think if we're able to then embrace that, if we're able to embrace, mm-hmm. hey, this is what's happening on Sunday morning, I think we would then have um 
oh, I don't know. I think we would we would then better guard ourselves mm. when it comes to programs, when it comes to production logistics. value, when it comes to logistics, mm-hmm. when it comes to some of these areas that I think we value more than what actually is happening in the Sunday gathering. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And uh, like there's a couple a couple of years ago, Ed Stetzer did a study on why people leave church and or better yet, why people stick around. Like someone comes to visit your church. What are some of the, the top three reasons? And I remember Jeff out in Logos Harlingen <laughs> telling me about it. And some of the reasons as to why people stick around is because the worship band is really good. Mm-hmm. Kids ministry is really good. Um and I can't remember the third one. Hospitality. Coffee in the back. Probably. Some some sort of <laughs> hospitality. But it's like, it's not the preach word. Mm. It's not whether or not the sacraments are administered properly. Right. It is not uh, the pour, what we're talking about, a pouring out of oneself for the edification of the yeah. church as Christ is pouring himself out into us. Like, those weren't top reasons. Oh, man. You know. And so that speaks loudly to yeah. how we view or how... how you know, Christians view the Sunday gathering. It's, it's or what what's can been I get? priority or what's a priority. Exactly. Yeah. And it's like, what can I get from this? Mm-hmm. And that is complete, a complete contrast yeah. to God in Christ, maturing his bride by revealing his heart so that we would receive his grace and pour that grace out onto one another. Like that's, that has nothing to do with everything else that is, uh, unfortunately a priority. Yeah. Like instead of like people worrying about like, am I going to hear the top five songs on the local radio or like yeah, exactly. what, are, what exactly. are out right now? Yeah. Versus. Yeah. I'm, I'm not giving over my pride and I don't want to hear the sermon on. Yeah. yeah. Second Timothy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and interestingly enough, interestingly enough, some of the reasons people are ready to leave a church. So statistically speaking, you have about 15%. I don't know what that would look like right now during COVID, but right. you have at least 15% of your, your congregation has one foot out the door. Like right now, as we are speaking, yeah. 15% statistically speaking, have their foot outside the door. And that could be because kids ministry, that could be because the sermon was on, repentance and confession of sin and not making me feel good. Mm-hmm. And so they bounce. Yeah. You know, that could be because of like, uh, you know, music selection. Yeah. Um, it's not what I know what I need right now. And this is not it. And yeah, so I'm exactly. And so that's very consumeristic, Yeah. you know, and, uh, but that's, that's kind of like where we, where, where we kind of find ourselves right now in American Christianity. And so mm-hmm. I think that's why it was important for us to, to take a look at the Sunday gathering. Hey, mm-hmm. this is why it matters. And there is so much happening. And so we've been talking mm-hmm. about how um, this is where God, in this avenue, this is where God matures his bride. He does so by revealing his heart and us receiving that grace. And so the question then is, well, how, how does Christ reveal his heart? And so these are actually the, 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 the topics that we're going to be preaching on over the next couple of weeks. And that is, he does this through the preaching and teaching of his word, right? Like the word of God is central to the entire service. Mm-hmm. I think people need to know that it's actually not greeters, although we love them because they are awesome. Um, it, it's, it's not the coffee that we have. What is central, what ought to be central in the, service or what ought to be central in the Sunday gathering is the word of God. Mm -hmm. And so Christ is going to reveal his heart and we're going to receive that grace, Lord willing through the preaching and teaching of his word. We're going to do that through singing, right? That's Colossians, what three singing Psalms and hymns and spiritual songs Uh, through confession and repentance, where we recognize that not only have we sinned against a holy God, but but these charges are accurate and we need, uh, we need grace. And that's where repentance comes in. And then finally through communion mm-hmm. where we, um, 
are reminded not only of what Christ has done, but communion is a sacrament that is a truth about God that we can trust, mm-hmm. right? Uh, one that we can see, one that we can actually um, participate in tangibly, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So anyway, those are, those are the topics that we're going to be we're going to be talking, preaching on over the next couple of weeks, but I thought we can just kind of go back and forth on those topics. Um, you know, a couple, a couple minutes in this, in this podcast. Yeah. And so, um, so when it comes to preaching and teaching, right? Like why, why should that be central? Why should that be important in the Sunday gathering? Now, we, now we could talk about function. So for all those reform nerds, here's, here's, <laughs> here's your part. Talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> right. Take, take notes. <laughs> <laughs> but we're going to quote scriptures, so you might have to have a Bible with you. Why, why, why preach and why teach? Yeah, why, why preach out of God's word? Yeah, why, why not? You know, because the word is useful, like to 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 change the person, to edify, to strengthen, admonish. Would you say the word is profitable? Yeah, like Second <laughs> Timothy three sixteen. What? Yeah, the three <laughs> the three sixteens are pretty good. Like yeah. Colossians three sixteen. <laughs> like. John three sixteen, like all of these three sixteens are, oh, it's as if God's word was ordained and and divinely inspired. But I'm like thinking of like why do that? It's because God's word is healing to our our bones. Like the word is meant for God's people. I I think. I don't want to misquote scripture because we're just talking about the importance of scripture. Right. But um, Paul says, like, is not food for the stomach and not stomach for the food. I can't remember how that goes. Correct me, Pastor. I'm trying to. I'm like, are you talking about when he's like bodily training is of some good use, but training in godliness Okay. a it's, uh, No, no, it's from 1 Corinthians 6. Mm-hmm. Food is meant for the stomach and yeah. the stomach for food. Um, and God will destroy both one and the other. I think that second half is pretty intimidating and I I don't want to, um, get into that, but like the food is meant for the stomach, like the food being the word of God is meant for the stomach, the the recipient. Right. And, um, and the stomach was designed to, to have food. I think that the design that is, is meant for us, like the word of God is a continuation of that breath that he breathed into us. I believe Mm -hmm. like I see it's 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 all design and i think for us to operate out of that design to to not go with like the food that is the word of the word of god mm-hmm. yeah like we're, we're intentionally starving ourselves it seems yeah, yeah. like um, he's he's given you that breath of life mm-hmm. for a new life but you need the word to sustain you exactly. to keep living yep. to live your life mm-hmm. for him sos yeah. it's so yeah. Yeah. what else he said <laughs> There you go. <laughs> oh, yeah. This is helping me too. Yeah. Like, no, I, like I would agree. I think I think the the, the 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 centrality of the word is significant mm-hmm. because that is going to dictate how we are shaped. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And mm-hmm. so, um, like when Paul says, "All scriptures breathe out by God and profitable." Mm-hmm. Right. He's saying this is how God's word is going to shape you. Yep. It's going to reprove you. Mm-hmm. It's going to correct you. It's going to train you in, in righteousness and it is going to equip you for good work. Right. Right. Like this it is going again. I, I, and I think that's why the tagline of our, of our series is called spiritual formation that um, through these avenues, preaching and teaching, singing, um, confession, repentance and communion, these are avenues in which God shapes us, or you can mm-hmm. say that which God forms us so that we would be, mm-hmm more like Jesus. Right. And so, so yeah, I think, I think that's why, I mean, and and then on top of that, God primarily reveals himself to us through his word. Yeah. And it constantly directs us back to Jesus. And I think Mm -hmm. when we preach and teach expositionally, we make sure we guard that well. Guarding it. Yeah. You know, because you have to do business with whatever text comes up next. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, including the hard ones, you yeah. know, and, um, and so I'm, you know, I'm reminded of this, this is Hebrews five, uh, 12 
He says, for though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. Mm -hmm. You need milk and not solid food, for everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness since he is a child. But solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by, and I think this is the key, trained by constant practice. Mm -hmm to distinguish good from evil. And so one, Strange. there is this frustration of, Hey, you ought to be more mature than you are. You ought to be a little bit further along than you are. And you're not mm -hmm. because your mind is somewhere else. And if we apply that to the Sunday gathering, mm -hmm. and if we apply that to the priorities that American Christianity has regarding churches, and one of those priorities not being the word of God, mm -hmm. then it is obvious as to why we see so many unskilled Christians persuaded by false teachings and persuaded by mm -hmm. logistics, hospitality, production value, rather than the centrality of God's word. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm glad. Like, I, I've met individuals who will go to churches and and uh, or visit churches, and their priority isn't whether or not the word of God is being preached. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's preaching and teaching. That's a quick nutshell on that. So let's talk about singing. Like, why is that important as we are receiving? How, do, how, do, better yet, how does singing shapes, shape us? Oh, yeah. Go, Eric. Do something. <laughs> I think. Get this, off your phone. No, I was, I was looking up scripture, oh, bro. Okay, never mind. Come on. This is Bible. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I don't have the paper Bible like LC Christian of the Month over here. Yeah, that's true. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, there is one. I like how she points out like, Thank you, more, like you know you could get one. We are actually at our church office where there are Hilarious. dozens there of Bibles, plenty Bibles. <laughs> they just don't have the highlighted notes that I have on my own. Elsie's um, like, well, we have kid Bibles. Yeah, uh, <laughs> <And> Parkers. <laughs> okay, back to <laughs> anyway. Sorry, singing. <laughs> back to singing. I think singing uh, shapes us in the sense that we. On the radio, I'm, I'm going to say what singing shouldn't be. Like singing on the radio is um, like you hear the Justin Bieber songs, you hear Lady Gaga. And they're singing about things that matter to them, or at least that get them record sales, right? That Those are things that matter, you know, like uh, enough copies sold, Spotify listens. But these are things that are important to them. And I think when we sing hymns, spiritual songs, and admonishing one another in that way, that reminds us as we are proclaiming, as we're singing of things that matter. And I think when we hold, when we hold something of worth so much so that we're singing about it and rejoicing in it, like it, it, again, that feedback loop, we're singing and hearing ourselves sing of something that matters. So we respond, we respond to ourselves, we respond to our neighbor singing of something that it's of worth more than any other thing. So I think the importance of singing and singing biblically true songs is because we are participating in something that matters um, and saying this matters. Right. So it's like if, you, if you're singing about, let's say, um, what were you talking about? Uzis and like doing this and doing that, like <laughs> hood rat activities. If you're, you're singing about doing like unholy things, you're saying, like, I value these things. Right. Um, mm -hmm. Because you're spending your time upon that, like, crafting a melody, doing this and that. What you're saying, singing preaches something. Yeah. It preaches something about what you value. Yeah. That. Yeah. Concise. Thank you, Marco. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, <laughs> well, because I think about, you know, Colossians, right, where, mm -hmm. where Paul writes, make sure that you're singing songs, hymns, and spiritual songs, admonishing one another. Yep. Like, when you're singing... um. Part of the reason singing helps our spiritual formation is because we're preaching a sermon yeah. about what we believe, mm -hmm. about our worship of God, yeah. and how that, going back to us pouring that grace out, how that's going to edify and admonish my brother or sister who's, who's yeah. next to me. If and I don't sing, if I'm not singing, I think you and I talked about this before, where there's something humbling yeah. about singing. Ooh, yeah. And uh, and I and I might have just kind of just skipped a beat, but the the illustration that we gave was 
an individual who sings really, really well and beautifully. Oh, yeah. Another individual who sings just as loud and off tune, right? And how beautiful that picture is because I think the individual who sings loudly and beautifully and really well, how that edifies the body. Yeah. And I'm and I'm encouraged by that. Yeah, classically it le- trained. Yeah, it leads me. It leads me yeah. to sing at better. You know, but then I hear another individual who's like off key, and that sings me. That leads me to sing just as loud mm-hmm. because that individual is doesn't necessarily care that they're off key. They are praising the Lord. Mm-hmm. They are being shaped and molded by their worship. And their kids yeah. are watching. Yes. Mm-hmm. And their so daughter's it's for- watching. Yeah, yeah. They're formative. Like what this individual is doing is formative for their children. Yeah. I, th- I think he does care. I mean, this person does care that he right. might not be singing in key, but like he's he's unashamed. Like he's aware and That's, yeah. unashamed. That's and, a better word. And I yeah. think being unashamed in front of others is like that proclamation of, of the gospel of like the holiness of God. And I think there's this participation it's like it's not just the 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 person behind the pulpit proclaiming like the goodness of God. It's it's those listening, receiving that grace, and expressing yeah the re- 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 receiving of that grace is a proclamation of itself, and it goes back to that feedback loop. Like yeah, I'm I'm sure. Well, I I think I shared. I Marco was sharing this story because I shared it with him. Like the congregation, you guys singing out loud is edifying for me. And it reminds me that there are others who value the same thing, and that is that is the worthiness of God. And I, I would add to that: there is a clear distinction and difference in you hearing the congregation sing. You said it really well. It edifies me because mm-hmm. you are a part of the body. Yeah, that's yeah. something completely exactly. different. Where some bands, I think, really do value the feedback of the audience or congregation mm-hmm. so that they would either get energized or like there, there's something else outside of edification happening. Oh yeah. It's yeah. a different motivation. Yeah. The, there's a different yeah, motivation. There's like that musical um, performance aspect. Yes. That mm-hmm. I think you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. And so I think, I think that's, that's good. So I, I wanted to read all of uh, what's that Colossians three sixteen. Watch this guys. Okay. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. You see that? Teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Like the beginning of that sentence is like the centrality of God's word. Mm. And like that, the admonishing one another and teaching and the singing and hymns and spiritual songs come from the word of God. Like I had a conversation with my friend about like expression of the emotions. It's like, yes, that's important. And the actual teaching and admonishment doesn't come from expressing ourselves. It comes from like the word of God. Mm-hmm. And I think um, there's a place for everything in Sunday morning. It's like the teaching comes from the word of God. Yeah. And I think it's not um, a coincidence that Paul uses the word to admonish. Mm-hmm. Like there's, there's a couple of things happening when we admonish one another. There, there is an urgency to um, proclaim something that is true for the purpose of warning others about something mm-hmm. that uh that is false. Yeah. You know. Um cool. Let's go to 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 confession and and repentance. How is confession and repentance formative for us in the Sunday gathering? Again, all of these things can be done in private worship, but right. but at the same time we we I think we need to be honest in saying like there's something different about us gathering collectively and seeing in in, in, in in public worship. And so so how is confession and repentance formative for us on Sunday morning? And so one thing I, I do want to add, you and I, Eric, have talked a lot about the uh, like a, a public confession of uh of of sin and then an assurance of of pardon we've talked about that and so so yeah so why is that important why why is confession and repentance formative not just for me as the individual but formative for us as the body of christ on sunday 
I think as as we confess, we're agreeing with God's word in that it says, like, all have fallen short of the glory of God. Like, there's not one that does good. I think I think that's where that's where I I want to start. It's like the the supremacy of the scripture. We're agreeing with that, and as we do that, we are humbled humbled enough to like remove this facade, this mask of of having it all together. I I like Instagram, but I also hate Instagram because um because everything needs to be perfect on there. I mean, it doesn't need to be, but there's you get more likes, it's more attractive, it's more soothing to the eye of having everything put together. You know, when I take pictures of my food, like I'm wiping off like the excess beans that I spilled on the side, you know. <laughs> And and what confession does is it admits to having tried to clean up or hiding from God. And I think the confession is like, God, I'm no longer hiding behind these fig leaves. Mm. That's so good. Um, That'll preach. <laughs> and I think doing that is, is humbling. And it's also another aspect in which we can fully receive God's grace. Like you'll see, you were talking about like, he's the king of our heart. And he wants all of it. Mm. And I think... It's, I don't want to say it's opening a door because that's that's really ugly imagery. But like, it's really saying, God, I need you here. Like this this spot of my life that I've I've been fighting you for so long, I confess that I really need you here right now. And I think doing that in public is is almost like a a discipleship moment for other people to see, for like your kids to see. It's like, yeah. hey, I really messed up in the way that I spoke to to my friend, and you saw that. I'm sorry. Um, and I think that kind of stuff, the, the public proclamation of our sin and the holiness of God goes together. Yeah. So that, I think that's, that's, I don't know if I answered the question. I think you did. Especially when you're saying like, when we confess publicly, we are coming together and it it reminds me of Psalm 32 where he says, I did not cover my iniquity. I think Mm. it's in verse Mm -hmm. three. Uh, I could be wrong, but I know it's Psalm 32. Mm-hmm. And he says, uh, I did not cover my iniquity. And so therefore, when we confess our sin publicly, collectively, we are all saying exactly what you just what you just said. Like, we are not covering our sin. Mm-hmm. Therefore, we're, we're left exposed. Right? Yeah. And because Christ is revealing his heart, we're reminded of what he does in the garden. Like, yeah, we don't have our fig leaves, right? Therefore, Christ, um, we don't have our fig leaves. Therefore, God sacrifices an animal and he yeah. covers us in his grace. He covers us. Like confession and repentance expose, ought to expose and reveal our need for grace. And yeah. at, let me say it this way. Confession and repentance ought to reveal that grace is our only hope. We have been mm-hmm. exposed as a people. And therefore, we need to repent, but not just for the sake of, oh, we need to repent. Man, we need to repent because we are desperate yeah. and grace is our only hope. Oh, yeah. There's um, so many reminders of that, of me realizing that personally. And it seems like, why didn't I realize that before? <laughs> this right. is like in this, especially in the Sunday gathering, like there's no... I've feel like Holy Spirit had hardened my heart for a while, but then to, for then to him to reveal himself to at the absolute moment, he needed me to see and realize that, um, that yeah, I am in need of that grace and I need to, to confess and repent of the bitterness that grew for too long in my heart. Um, and it was, in some instances, a matter, a, a result of uh, certain seasons or instances or circumstances. But ultimately, realizing that's it, this is not just like a one and done deal. This is a constant thing to practice. Mm-hmm. And then to like in the Sunday gathering, like you, I'm I'm thinking of I can't find it. Uh, Matthew um, something where Jesus is telling, um, telling us to. Um, to uh, confess to your brother, like, or if you've been wronged, mm-hmm, go mm-hmm. directly to your brother Matthew and 18. bring it up. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Um, and um, and if 
you need someone to be there, have someone there um, with you. Um, so and being wronged or wronging someone, um, when you come to the Sunday gathering and your Holy Spirit just breaks you and you were, you're aware now of what has been done, but what has been done for you, mm-hmm. um, like that work causes a response and that response is in confession mm-hmm. and repentance and um and to do that once service is done going straight up to that person you're putting that into practice you know or meeting them for lunch afterwards that's part of that response yes that's part of that response and so that's how it plays out Uh, and i think sometimes we or a lot of the time we've put that off too long Mm -hmm. and or think that oh i'll do that next week that was a good point but i'll right do that later put it on my list put it on my list to do i'll think about it First John, first nine. I'm first John, one nine. There you go. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Words they escape me. Uh, if we confess our sins, confession. He is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all our unrighteousness. I think the pub- pub- public proclamation um, allows others to see God's justice and His faithfulness in action. Because um, a lot of times we want to keep a secret. Like we we don't want to yeah. go to our our friend after service. Mm-hmm. It's like that justice and that that faithfulness. You're almost trying to hide. I don't think it can be hidden because mm-hmm. everything that's in the darkness will be brought to light. But mm-hmm. you're trying to hide or delay that being brought to light. Yeah. And yeah, you're just you're just hindering yourself from seeing God's goodness at that point. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You're like uh, forfeiting that sanctification. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last one is, is communion. Now here, here's uh, communion is one of two sacraments. And in addition to that, what's beautiful about communion is I'm going to steal a, the, the book title. It's a book by, by Tim Chester. Really, really great book. That communion is a truth we can touch. Ooh, yeah. You know? And uh, yeah. And so much like everything that we've been talking about, the question now then becomes, okay, well, how does the Lord's Supper, how is the Lord's Supper formative for the church, right? How, how, how is this formative? And so I think, I think one of the reasons in which it is formative, going back to that book title, it's a truth that we can touch. Well, yes, it's a truth that we can touch in the sense that communion is a reminder, not mm-hmm. only, I shouldn't say mm-hmm. not only, but it is a reminder of what God has done for us in Christ. And so when we go and take or participate in communion, we're reminded, hey, this grace that we are in need of is a grace that we receive, not one that we've achieved. Mm -hmm. And we receive it because Christ died on a cross for sinners on their behalf, paying their penalty with his blood. Amen. End yeah. the podcast. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, you can drop the mic. Now. And, <laughs> and so no, everyone will get mad. You're right. Um, <clears throat> these and, are good microphones, out today. Yeah, and so I think uh, I think that's that's one of them, right? Like it it is it is a reminder of what Christ has not only done, but specifically done for us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I and I think in addition to that, because it is a truth we can touch, it 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 becomes um, almost. I don't want to use this word. I don't want to use the word motivation, but for lack of a better word, I suppose it, it is because it is a truth we can touch. It compels us. That's a better oh, word. It compels oh. us to keep going. Look at you English major. Mm, that's me. Um, and so it, 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 communion compels us to keep moving forward mm-hmm. because it, it's what the author of Hebrews is telling, uh, uh, is telling his readers. Yeah. Um, hey, you want to keep moving forward. Look at what God has done for you in Christ right now mm-hmm. in the present so that you can keep moving forward. And a lot of everything that you've gone through and a lot of everything that you're going through, how you find perseverance, how you continue moving forward is by looking back at what God has done for you. And communion allows us to experience that um for us here before covid we were doing communion weekly mm-hmm. and so but nevertheless it's it again it is a truth that we can touch and it compels us to keep moving forward yeah so encouraging there's like, just a couple of things that yeah. i think happen i think i think they're the the presence of god's spirit and grace are, are god's spirit and grace are present 
yeah in the midst of of communion and that might be a podcast we do later on like there's yeah. several mm-hmm. views on communion yeah. oh yeah that's um yeah. but that's definitely one of the there it is it is a means of grace communion is a means of grace where god is present with his people yeah. and through this sacrament yeah. is is presenting a grace that we can touch, a yeah. grace that we can feel so that we keep moving forward. It's prescribed for a reason. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Kind of like leaves you like, um, how do I say it? Like there's there's no more. excuse for like not remembering. Right, right. Or not yeah. exactly. pointing back to exactly. what Jesus did, you know? And the- That's good. How, how, right. However, the, the, uh, the caveat to uh-huh. receiving communion, we need to remember is, is what we just talked about, is a repentant heart. Yep. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. must come forward repentant, and I and I think if people or Christians begin to view communion as again a truth we can touch, something that compels us to keep moving forward, if we actually take that seriously and we mm-hmm. take that as something that is helping to form us or shape us in our understanding of uh, of who Jesus is and our worship of Jesus, um, I think people would slow down a lot more mm-hmm. when it comes to communion. Mm-hmm. You know oh, what I'm yeah. saying? <clears throat> And uh, you see the lines forming. You like want to be the first one. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I would do that sometimes. Yeah. Like, I, I got to get up there real yeah. quick. I think that's that's one of the reasons why I, I really, if I'm leading us in communion from the pulpit, one of the things I, I try to push is don't rush this time. Yeah. This mm-hmm. isn't a time for you to, this isn't just the next part of the service. Right. Mm-hmm. This is important. This is important. Treat it as such. Yeah. That's good. Communion, that's good. man. So. Yeah, so I hope um, that's that's really all we have for this morning. This is on the Sunday gathering, and so we're really excited about uh, the new series titled Liturgy, hashtag spiritual formation. We're going to be looking at how the Sunday gathering shapes us, how preaching and teaching, singing, confession and repentance and communion ultimately strive to, to shape us in light of what God is doing for us and in us on Sunday Sunday mornings. All to the glory of his name. All to the glory of his Amen. name and for our good. Preach. I like it. Cool. All right, guys. Well, we will see you next week. Hope you enjoyed this morning's podcast. We love you. Bye. The goal of this podcast is to equip our church for discipleship and mission. We want to thank you for listening in this morning, and we hope that you are encouraged by these conversations. If you'd like to learn more about Storehouse McKellen, you can visit our website at storehousemckellen.com. We'd also love to hear from you. Send us your questions to info at storehousemckellen.com.